right, is uh, making it through. The devil doesn't want to make us want us to make it through, does he? He wants to stop us every way he can. And uh, I was actually kind of laughing. I felt sorry for Brother Gene and Sister Janice with the vehicle, but uh, they made it. They persevered. They pushed through, and they made it. And I thought that's actually what I'm going to be speaking about tonight: is making it, pushing through. And uh, I pushed through the song. Uh, it's <laughs> I need to update them. These things are printed on blue paper from 1960 something, and that's really hard to see them. And then when you have somebody that's not a great singer, it doesn't help any. But you know what? I persevered. I pushed through. I completed it. The title of the message is Fight Out of the Corner. Fight Out of the Corner. If you're a boxer and you was in a ring boxing and somebody got you shoved back into a corner somewhere, uh, that's not a good spot to be. That's not some place you want to be. You want freedom of movement where you can get out there and fight. So we're talking about fighting out of the corner. The devil wants us to be in a corner. That's exactly where he's going to try to shove you and me back in a corner somewhere. And he wants to start pummeling on us and hitting on us and beating us down to where that all we do is we go in defensive mode. We throw our arms up and we start protecting ourselves uh, from the blows, but we're not going on, to, on the attack anymore. We just kind of curl up in a corner. That's what the devil wants out of you and I. And I want to talk about that a little bit because you know what? When things hit us in life, it seems like one thing will hit and something else will hit. They even have an expression, it comes in threes. Remember that? Ever heard that expression, it comes in threes? Because people know that sometimes you get hit, you're going to get hit again. And you're going to get hit again. I remember my father telling me that if I had to fight, he didn't like me fighting, but he said if you do fight, and you do have to swing a punch, don't stop until the other person's down. If you're going to fight, make sure you do it the right way. I don't want you to fight, but if you're ever forced into it, don't be a wimp about it. Make sure the other person stops and then get out of there because they might get back up again. I want to talk about fighting our way out of a corner. And for you sisters out there, we'll give it a different title. When Goliath stands in your way. I know you don't like to fight so much, but we're talking about a spiritual fighting. Fighting out of the corner or when Goliath stands in your way. The devil comes around like Goliath, and we're going to read about that in 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter. And I want to pick up verse number 4. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Goth, whose height was six cubits and a span. That's roughly nine feet, nine inches to us. A champion of the Philistines, nine foot, nine inches tall. And then I'm going down to verse number 10. And the Philistines said, talking about Goliath, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we, might, we may fight together. 
When Saul and all Israel heard these words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now let's stop and think about that for a moment. These men were not men that were afraid or fearful. What was really going on here? Because these men were soldiers. They were warriors. They were not afraid of getting in a fight. They weren't even afraid of dying. You remember uh, back in the time of Gideon when they would take the little four and five-year-old boy and put it in the chariot with them and ride into the battle. And so these men grew up as warriors. That was their occupation. They saw fighting and bloodshed and war since they was four and five years old. They weren't afraid of it. And so it says here that they were dismayed and greatly afraid. And so I'm not convinced that these were just people that were fearful of a man. I think, and I'm reading a little bit more into the Scripture, you're allowed to disagree with me, but I think I'm right. I think that they were really fearful of losing and then having that name as being the one that sent Israel into Philistine captivity. That would be something that would really be fearful and create a fear to these men. They weren't afraid of fighting men. But I think what they were afraid of was taking the offer and being the one that was going to go up and have to fight this man who's nine foot, nine inches tall and realizing, look, I'm not afraid of him, but he's really probably a lot stronger than I am. And he's probably going to win. I mean, the tip of his spear was between 16 and 18 pounds. Just the tip of his spear that he had out there. Just a massive man and massive body armor that weighed at least 156 pounds. And so they weren't afraid of the man, I don't think, but I think they were afraid of being the one that would lose to him and forevermore having their name written in stone that they lost Israel to the Philistines. That's what I think happened. In verse number 24 says, And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. Again, these guys were two battles. There were two groups of men that was going against each other. Israel had come out against the Philistines and their intention was to fight. And we read all through the scriptures how Israel was not afraid and they fought. So this was no different. Two armies were coming out, but something was different and that is the Philistines said, hey, we'll make a deal with you. We're going to send out our champion fighter, and you send out your champion fighter, and then if you lose, you'll be our servants. And I think that's where the fear was. I think that was the fear that came upon the men, not necessarily of an individual, but of the seriousness of the situation. Goliath stood in their path. They were in a corner. They were backed into a corner right where the devil wanted them, and those people couldn't find a way out of it. They talked among themselves, and they didn't know how to solve the situation. And it was exactly where the devil wanted them to be. Afraid that they were going to lose. The problem is these men were relying on the flesh to save them. And they began to see their weaknesses. And that's exactly what the devil is going to do to you. 
the devil is going to point out your weaknesses and he's going to stand in your path and the only thing you're going to hear from him is he's going to name every weakness that you have in your life. He's going to start naming it out. He's going to start bringing this fear upon you. He knows the things that you are afraid of. The things that concern you and trouble you. And so at nighttime, when you're getting ready to have that peaceful sleep, the devil's going to come around and he's going to begin whispering in your ear, or in this case, shouting out blasphemies against God and against the men of God and the women of God, talking against all of Israel, blaspheming them. And he began to cry out against the powerful God of Israel and to mock the people and say, where is your God? And Goliath, talking of the devil in our life, is going to stand in your way and he's going to make himself really big and really strong. And he's going to be out there mocking you and pointing out every misdeed, every fearful thing, everything that you have to battle, everything that you worry about, he's going to be magnifying it to you. And then he's going to show you how you can't fix it. But even Jesus was talking to Job and he asked him, can you add 18 inches to your height? No, Lord. And he began to ask him three chapters worth or more of questions. And Job's like, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. But the implication is that God can do all of those things. God can do every one of those things that we are unable to do. And so what happens is if we are tricked by the enemy, and if we do what Israel did and allow the enemy to stand outside and to beat us down, to be verbally abusive to us, to mock our religion, to mock our God, to mock us in our very weakness, then we will begin to despair. We will become dismayed. We will become fearful, and we will want to run and hide in a corner. And that is exactly where the devil wants to put you in your spiritual condition. He wants you to be in this spiritual corner to where that you can't even fight your way out of a wet paper sack. He wants to beat you down to the point to where all you think about is how wrong you was in the past or how all these fearful things or all the problems in life that are coming your way at one time. But we're going, by the grace of God, to fight past that. We're not going to allow ourselves to be in the flesh as Israel was in the flesh that day. But thank the Lord David come along. And the difference between David and all the rest of these seasoned warriors was David saw a spiritual battle. David didn't see a fleshly battle. See, Goliath looked at him and he saw a young man. The Bible doesn't say how old he was, but he saw that he was a young man wasn't developed in the things of war yet, wasn't probably having the strength that a full-grown man would have, and he began to mock his weakness. And David had a very interesting response to him because David didn't see himself. David saw God fighting the battle for him. David wasn't looking at himself. Goliath could only see the fleshly, what he thought was a weak person, and that's the way the devil is with you and I. He looks up on us, upon us in our flesh, and all he sees is our weakness. But Jesus said, in your weakness, my strength is made known. 
That's what the scripture tells us. In our weakness, the strength of God is made known. And so what happens is David, instead of shriveling up and being afraid in his weakness, he rather embraced it. He, he embraced it. I'm just a man. I'm a weakling. But oh, there's somebody out there that's not a weakling. And that is the difference is David was able to win a battle for all of Israel that Israel couldn't do with their mighty men. The mighty men became fearful and afraid and a spirit of fear came down on them, afraid of losing because this man for days had been cursing them and calling them names and making fun of their God. And finally, God goes out in the hills and gets a little shepherd boy to bring some cheese to his brother and to their captains. And he goes up there and he says, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute, what is going on here? Why are you letting the devil do that to you? Isn't it a beautiful thing when a person of God will come into your life and you've been having a hard week and they're like, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You've got the devil beating you down. What are you doing? What are you doing? And all the encouragement that comes as you start getting a little bit of hope and your strength is built back up. What a wonderful thing. And so David, he saw a spiritual battle. But Goliath, oh, he just saw the flesh. He saw the weak flesh. And we are weak. We're but dust. We have no strength on our own. That's why the Bible, or, I'm sorry, that's why God doesn't care whether you're a baby or whether you're elderly, whether you're feeble, or whether you're in the prime of your life and strong because all flesh is the same to him. All flesh is weak. It doesn't matter to God. We look at ourselves and we say, oh, this person is strong. That person is weak. Or I used to be stronger. God doesn't see us that way. God sees the spiritualness and God's looking at how strong we are spiritually because the reality is none of us could stand up. Are you familiar with the song, Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my hand? Valleys are too deep and the mountain's too high. Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. That's what all of us are. We're all that way. We all need God, whether we're in the prime of life or whether we're older. When we see ourselves in the flesh, we become discouraged. When the devil sees us in the flesh, he comes around and he wants to beat us down. But when we look inside and we see the strength that we have spiritually, and when the devil is, we get his attention and say, wait a minute, you're looking on the outside. You better look and see who I'm serving. You better look and see whose signet ring that I have on, who I'm representing. You better check it out. And oh, when we hold up that signet and we show the devil this is who I'm following and we begin to put the word of God on him. That fear that was meant for us will be placed on him and God said that he would flee. That he would run away like a scared rabbit to get away from us. No matter what age we are, whether we're just a little itty bitty child or whether we're a seasoned warrior for God, it doesn't matter. But the idea is for us to see ourselves spiritually and then in spiritualness, serving Christ, having the Spirit of God in us, then we stand up and we say, we're not getting boxed into a corner. You're not putting us into a corner. We're going to stand up for the truth of God's Word and we begin to do the things 
necessary. That's where we have the strength to tell our family sometimes, no, I, I'm not going that way. I don't want to do that. I'm sorry, I don't want to hurt you, but I'm not doing that because that goes against what God wants. That takes strength. A lot of people are unable to do that. In loving, gentle kindness, we show people the grace of God and we reveal it to them. Verse 32 says, And David said to Saul, talking about the king, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. <laughs> David saw a spiritual battle. Down in verse number 42, And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. You ever had the devil do that to you? Disdain you? Who are you? What do you mean get behind you? Oh, by the way, I'm just going to have someone call you and start to be mean to you. I'm going to have people send letters and texts and things like that that are mean to you. I'm going to send someone around that's mean to you. I'm going to start mocking and disdaining. Well, the devil, that's what the devil does to us. He disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and of a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. You ever been there? And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Now if you were standing in front of Goliath, and he was saying these things to you, you would have the exact same power that King David had. Because it's not in the flesh. It was in the spirit. We would have the same power in today when the devil comes around and begins to curse the very ground you walk on and to disdain you and to talk about how you're young in the faith or how that you're not strong in the faith or uh, how that, well, God's not going to do that for you because you did this or you did that. That's when we need to start saying, now wait a minute, my God saved me. My God loves me. My God has delivered me. And David started doing that. Do you know what he said? Now, wait a minute. Wait, hey, wait a minute. Who do you think you're talking about? I may be young. I may be weak compared to you, Goliath. But I remember a bear that came around one time. I remember a lion that came around one time. And of a certainty, God delivered me from them and he'll deliver me from you. And at this point, that giant had to have been questioning, wait a minute, maybe I've miscalculated. Wait just a second here, I might have miscalculated. And so when the devil comes around and tries to bring up your past, do you know what you can do? Say, yes, you're right, but I have victory over that. I have victory over the past. And David turned right around and said, I have victory over the past. I have victory over that. Thank you for mentioning my youth. Thank you for the mentioning the problems that I had. Yeah, I got myself into a problem with a big old bear one time. That bear's dead. Spirits come around us and all through our life we've had spirits that rose up against us. But when we found salvation, the day we found salvation, God gave us victory. He raised us up. He allowed us to overcome Satan and it's no different today. When Goliath gets you backed into a corner, the things of life come at you. 
And here's this big old enemy standing in front of you saying, you're not going to get by me. And furthermore, your God's worthless and you're worthless. And you're like, you know what? You're right. I am in the flesh. And those things I did in the past were problems, but I'm here today because I overcame them. I was able to find victory in God and you're going to go down this day too. You picked the wrong person to deal with. And the reason that I'm the wrong person is because I know I'm weak. I know that I can't do it. King David, he turned around and he said, God delivered me from the bear. God delivered me from the lion. He knew his fleshly weakness. He wasn't going to him as any strong person. He was going to him in weak flesh. And in our weak flesh, Jesus in his weakest moment, tempted by the devil, this Goliath stands in the path of Jesus. And Jesus began to take the word of God, what the Bible calls the sword, and he pulled it out. And he started to wield it against the devil. And eventually the devil left him and the angels came and ministered. When the fight is over, there's hope and rest for us on the other side of the fight. The battles that we're going through right now, there is hope on the other side of it as we turn our hearts to God and say, I know my flesh is weak. I know my flesh is weak. I feel hopeless and helpless. But you know what? I'm not going to be backed into a corner. I'm not going to allow you to have me curl up in a corner somewhere. I'm not going to allow you to stand in my way one way or another. I'm going through. I'm going through. I'm going to persevere. I'm going to get to the other side. And it's not me that you're going to have to fight, Satan. My Goliath. It's not me that you're going to have to deal with. My heart's right with God. But it's going to be my father. I'm a son to him. I'm a daughter to him. You're going to have to fight him. And you really don't want to deal with that. But if that's what you want. And so David, he comes out there and he says, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to fight against you. Verse 45, Then David to the Philistine... Then said David to the Philistine, Thou come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. Impenetrable. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. <laughs> this day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee and will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Now let's stop a minute here. David didn't just say, I'm getting around you. David said, I'm going to destroy you. You picked the wrong person to go up against. <laughs> we was at a tractor pull. I don't go to those anymore, but... Uh, uh, or a truck pull or something and the last one I went to they used bad language so I decided not to go but we was at this one years ago and there's this girl I think she was from West Virginia and uh, the announcer made fun of women and uh, said something about a woman driver and how bad women drivers were and this girl looked at her mom and she's like Ma he done said the wrong thing <laughs> and it cracked me up it was funny and uh at some point, we're going to look at the devil and say, you done said the wrong thing. And David said, I'm not just going to go around you. 
I'm going over top of you and I'm taking your head with me. See, God said that if we would follow him, he would give us power to tread over serpents. Now, it wasn't literal. The devil is a serpent. We find that in the book of Revelation. We find it in the book of Genesis. He was a serpent, represented as a serpent, coming out to beguile us and to trick us. And we have the power to tread over serpents. And so we have to understand the power that God gives us as children of God. In the flesh we are weak and we need to acknowledge that and it's not hard to do if we take the time and think about it. But in our spiritual walk we can be very strong with God and know and have our faith fixed on Him and know that He is our deliverer. That He is our sustainer. That He is our uh, bulwark. That He is the high tower from our enemies. That He is the shelter from the storms. That He is the deliverer from our enemies. And when we come to that conclusion, we are able to stand up to the Goliath that's in our path, and I'm talking about spiritual things here, and say, not only are you going to stop giving me a hard time, not only am I going to fight my way out of this corner, but I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to destroy. Why did Jesus come to the world? To destroy the works of the enemy. And we are his children, and we are given the same power as him to where that we can tread over these serpents. And what happens is Satan presents himself as really, really big because he wants to create fear. But the reality is we serve one that's much bigger than him. And as long as we are serving Christ, and as long as the Holy Spirit is in our life, we have the ability to say, Goliath, not only am I going through you, but I'm going to destroy you. And I'm going to take your head off to where you can't fight anybody else, and I'm going to leave your carcasses out here to rot. That's pretty bold talking. Verse 47, And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear. Remember how Jesus said, if my kingdom were this world, then would my servants go out with spears and swords, and then would they fight. But put yours away because my kingdom is not of this world. It's a heavenly kingdom. That's what we belong into now. Jesus is king of king and lord of lords today. Where It's not a future kingdom we're waiting on. He already became king of kings and fought these battles so that we would have the confidence when the devil comes our way to say, the Lord's not going to come out and save us with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. And so when the devil comes up and brings up your past and brings up these bad things, look at them as victories. Yes, I was in the flesh, but yes, God gave me victory. Thank the Lord for mentioning that to me because not only did he give me victory over that, he's going to give me victory over you. And no, it's not going to be with swords and spears for the battle is the Lord's. He will give us the enemy into our hands. And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David that David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. How will you meet your situations when you're backed into a corner? Will you curl up in a ball? Will you see weak flesh and feel hopeless? Or will you see that the battle indeed is the Lord's? I want to grab a scripture over in 
1 Corinthians, if you'll permit me to go there real quick. 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. First Corinthians chapter 10 and verse number 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Isn't that a beautiful promise? That God, when things come our way, will make a way of escape and we'll be able to say to the enemy, you're fighting against me. You're putting everything in your way to keep me separated from God, but I'm not going to be pushed into this corner. I'm going to step over top of it, and I'm going to walk over top of you to get out of here. And it's not going to be me, but it's going to be the Spirit of God in me, because the battle's not mine. We don't war against flesh and blood, but we war against principalities and powers that have been raised up against us. We war against the enemy of our soul. It's not our family. It's not our friends that raise up and turn bad. Those are not our enemies. Our enemies are the devil and the spirits of the demons. If you have your worst enemy, have the spirits rebuked away from them, they'll be your best friend. You get the spirit of God in somebody, they'll be your best friend. But the devil wants to turn all of us against the things of God and he paints himself to be a really strong enemy. But by the grace of God, we can walk over top of anything the devil sends our way by realizing, you're right. I've had problems in the past, but I overcame them with victory from God. You're right, I am fleshly, but I serve a God that's very spiritual and I'm in tune with him. And he's going to fight my battles for me. So you can continue to do what you want to do, but you're going to be destroyed. See, Jesus told the, uh, the, uh, on the road to uh, the man in the tomb, when they come out there, or the men, depending on the account, that was possessed by demons, and they said, Let us, don't send us back to the abyss. Let us go over to this herd of swine. And Jesus said, all right, go. We say, no. No, you're not going to that herd of swine. You made a mistake. Now you're going to deal with us. We're not sending you anywhere. You pick the fight with me. We're going to end it. See, here's the problem is Jesus was Jesus and was able to have control. We're not going to let the enemy get back up. Once we have to fight him, no, wait a minute. I'm going to destroy that because I don't want you raising back up and I have to deal with that temptation again. I don't want to deal with that temptation again, whether it be anger or bitterness or, or uh, something other fleshly thing that would be drawing you away from God. We want to destroy the work of the devil so that we don't have to deal with this again. And the way we do it is by uh, being fully committed to God and living the way we're supposed to live. And when we have that, we have a power to stand up against Satan and say, it's not me. But by the grace of God, we're going to resolve this problem so that you flee from me and I don't have to deal with this anymore. You remember, I want to say this first, God's people always have a way to escape. God's people always have a way of escape. Every situation. We have to step out of the flesh and allow God to guide us and I was getting ready to say that Samson was captured 
And uh, they said, oh, the Philistines are going to come. The Philistines are going to come. Back to the Philistines again. And they, there's 3,000 men came out to him and said, hey, we want you to go with us. And he said, are you going to attack me? And they said, no, but let us bind you. Let us take you and turn you into them. And he said, well, I don't want to fight you. Okay, so he allowed himself to be bound, and they drug him to the Philistines. And all the Philistines rose up against the man of God. And the Spirit of God come down on Samson, this weak man. And the strength of God filled him. And he just moved his arms and those bindings come off. We would say that Samson was in a corner, right? 3,000 men bound him, brought him down to the Philistines with 1,000 men, soldiers. That sounds like quite a predicament. That's quite the corner to be backed into. That's quite a big giant. But you know what Samson did? He fought his way out of the corner with that old donkey bone. And he slew a thousand men. That is how you get out of a corner. He didn't come crawling out and hiding. He come out fighting and said, Now you made a mistake. You got me in a corner. Now I'm coming out of it. And that's what we do with the devil. I'm not making this up. This is truth. The way we overcome Satan is through our testimony and the blood of Jesus Christ. That's how the book of Revelation says we overcome the enemy. Through our testimony. David said, I have a testimony. God did this for me. God did that for me. God did this for me. And the salvation that is in us, uh, that allows us to have the Spirit in us that is stronger than the flesh. And so what happens is when the devil comes around you and he begins to hit you and target you and remind you of your fleshliness, then you stand up and you use that as an opportunity to testify. I don't care if it's you and him alone in the room or driving down the car, uh, down the road in a car. Take the time to start giving testimony and praise to God and saying, God delivered, the Satan delivered me, or God delivered me from Satan in this situation, and God delivered me from this situation, and he's going to deliver me from this one as well. And Satan, I'm not allowing you to put me in a corner. I'm not allowing you to bind me. This is something Americans understand. This is something as we understand as America. Just look at the old Wild West. We don't like to be bound. We like our freedom. We like to have the ability to move and to do things that we want. And all oh, you drive through some of those border check mark, checkpoints uh, where they're checking for illegal immigrants and, and you just kind of, the hair on the back of your neck raises up a little bit. You know they're doing their job, but you're like, why are you stopping me? <laughs> I like my freedom. So don't let the devil take it away from you. Don't let the devil take it away from you. When you're backed into a corner in life, you can run away in fear, or you can come out victorious like Samson and David and say, no, you picked the wrong fight. You done said the wrong thing. I'm now, you picked the fight with me, Satan. You made a mistake. Now I'm going to destroy you. He'll quit coming to attack you when he stops, when he starts getting destroyed. But he's like a bully. If you allow him to bully you and you allow him to win, he's going to come back and come back and come back until he beats you down. But if you stand up and say, no, I'm weak in the flesh, but God has the strength. And I'm going to cry out to him. And I'm going to say, God, I can't handle this, but I know you can. You two should meet. 
And oh, by the way, destroy him. David prayed that way and he said, Lord, smash their teeth down their throat for me. That's what he said in the Psalms. <laughs> Poor Sister Elaine's covering her mouth back there. That don't feel good, does it, sister? In the, David said, smash their teeth down their throat. When you're backed into a corner, we don't crawl away in fear, but we realize there's victory in Jesus Christ. To come out victorious, what we learned in these scriptures was that we need to stay in the spirit and not get in the flesh. David didn't go to him in the flesh. He just had a little rock, a little big rock. Remember that it's God's way out. He said he'll make a way of escape. It's God's way out, not ours. God may want to take you through the Red Sea. God may want to take you through the fire. God's way out's the best way and He'll make a way of escape. Take action against the enemy. Don't just sit there in defeat, but take action against him. Read your Bible. Pray. Do the good things. Give testimony to Jesus and to God the Father. Face the enemy in the name of God. Have confidence. Know that God's going to deliver. Fight. And rely on the rock Jesus because that's what David did. That rock was symbolic of Jesus fighting the battle. David never even had to approach the giant. But from a distance, he let the rock do the fighting for him. And that's what you and I need to do is allow Jesus to do the fight for us. But if we have confidence in him and confidence that he's going to deliver all the freedom that it gives us in life to be able to do the things that we need to do. 1 Samuel chapter 17 and uh, back to verse 45 says, Then David to the Philistine, then said David to the Philistine, Thou cometh to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thine head from thee and will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air to the wild beasts of the earth that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. What a wonderful thing to be able to say is, you come with me, you come at me in the flesh, Satan, but I come to you in the name of God and I will have victory so that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth, not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hands. One of the things that was interesting is David ran at the Philistine. Think about that. He ran at him. And it came to pass when the Philistines arose, verse 48, and came and drew nigh to meet David, so here's their champion walking towards David, that David hasted and ran toward the enemy to meet the Philistine. How are you meeting your enemies? When the devil comes around, like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. 
Do we just kind of shrivel up and, and, and slink away? Or do we say, you pick the fight. Now you're dead, Satan. Maybe not Satan, but that, de- that enemy in our life. That demon or that thing that's fighting us, that temptation, we're going to kill that out of our life. We're going to get the victory once and it's done and we're not going to do that anymore. He ran towards him. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it. Is that a word nowadays? And smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him, but there was no sword in the hand of David. So what we learn here in closing is to stay in the Spirit. Take action. Follow God's way out. Face the enemy with confidence in the rock Jesus and fight for deliverance. And I want to close with a reading out of Psalms 44. Psalm 44. In verse number 5. Through thee will we push down our enemies. Through thy name will we tread them under that rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. But thou hast saved us from our enemies and hast put them to shame that hated us. In God we boast all the day long and praise thy name forever. Selah. Shall we stand together? Fight out of the corner. When Goliath stands in your way, have confidence in God. Face the enemy and say, I'm destroying that out of my life. We can't do it in the flesh, but all the Spirit of God is bigger than anything that's in the world. And I'm thankful for that. We'll look to the Lord in prayer and be dismissed. Oh, great God in heaven, we know that you deliver us from our enemies. We know that you heal us when we're sick. We know that you're a good God and that you're a father to us. And we're very, very thankful for that. Lord, we praise your name. We exalt you. We magnify you. And we say thank you for all that you've done. And Lord, as we go our way, the enemy is out there trying to discourage every one of us. But Lord, we know that in our weakness, your strength is made known. And help us to just rest in your arms, Lord, to follow your way and allow you to guide us. And we know that you will deliver us out of the hand of the enemy. Lord, the battles that we all face, we pray a rebuke against them. Help us, Lord, in our spirit to stand strong and to put our trust in you to where these things will leave us and that we'll be able to have that victory and the testimony on the other side to be able to say the Lord was victorious once again. We just thank you so much. We do pray that you'll remember every request that went up at the beginning of the service, Lord, that you'll just move in a wonderful way, that you'll help those that aren't feeling well, and that you'll just give strength to those that may need it, that may be a little discouraged, Lord. And I just pray that you'll be with those that aren't here as well, that you'll help them. In your son's precious name, amen. And amen.